Well, no, it was, I, I met a man in a bar and <laughs> I'd been following these things and I, I became vaguely interested and then I thought, what the hell? And I went and bought, shall I really tell you? Yeah. Go all ahead. Right. All right. So I bought 750 quid's worth of Bitcoin <laughs> and I told my 18 year old son who's doing computer statistics and he went, oh no, you're one of those people who's ruined crypto for everybody because you're just <laughs> cashing and, and make it unusable as a currency. There was a beat, and then he went, but really, you should buy Ethereum. So I went... <laughs> <laughs> so I bought 550 quid's worth of Ethereum as well. So it's 13... Is that right? 1,300 and all? And that was a month ago. And um, I sold two days ago. Uh, I sold out the original investment, uh -huh. 1,300 quid, waiting for that to come back from Coinbase. If you tried to get money out of Coinbase... <laughs> it's, like, nearly impossible. It, uh, nearly impossible. But anyway, it's sitting there in a, in a, in a sterling wallet, so I know it's there, and it's... Staggeringly stable compared to everything else, <laughs> and I have six hundred, you know, invented pounds in Ethereum, which I'll just watch going up oh, yeah. and down. Oh, uh, fantastic! So I'm someone who's actually made money out of crypto. <laughs> well, it's um, the good. The same conversation is happening all over Old Street right now. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's like I think I I think kind of that's actually a big reason. One one of the reasons that sort of until maybe you know today actually where it crashed to ten thousand pounds why Bitcoin's value has just was so resilient was because it was just so hard to get your money out. <laughs> I, well, it, no, you, you can sell the Bitcoin, but you can only sell it into a euro or sterling wallet. And mm -hmm. it's then trying to get that out into your own bank account. That's yeah. the challenge. Yeah. So um, yeah. what are the issues? Just that weirdly Coinbase, well, Coinbase is the one I'm using. Um, Coinbase seems really keen to take your money off you when you're buying but less keen to let you have it back. Capitalism, baby. Weird, oh. weird, weird, weird. weird. <laughs> anyway, thank you for having me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to kick us off. Uh, while Milo is getting his program set up, I'm going to say, um, yeah, just hit record. I'm going to say, uh, welcome to Trash Future, the podcast about how the future, if we do not institute fully automated luxury gay space communism now, is and will be trash. Welcome, Jay Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> and we have... Yeah, friend of the show. We have friend... Fr Acquaintance <laughs> of the show. We have frenemy of the show. <laughs> so um, listen, I have, to, I have to explain something here. So something popped up. I think it was around the shed issue, wasn't it? Yes. The, and we can go back over that. And, and then, you, and then you all started tweeting that something had been said. Now, I just need you to know, uh -huh. the engagement on Twitter has been fine. I've enjoyed it. I've yeah. enjoyed tweeting with you. <laughs> but the last thing I want you to think is that at any point, I actually listened to anything you said. <laughs> I haven't listened to it. I have no idea what you said. I don't need to know. Because uh -huh. at the moment, we're getting on fine. Yeah. But I, I reckoned, you know... Clearly, you regretted it in the morning. I've had, I've had texts and emails from you, Riley, saying thanks for being such a sport and not, you know, because we were such dicks to you. And I know that's fine. I haven't listened to it. All I've got is the apologies. So, and now I'm sitting in, in Olga's apartment um, looking out, you know, over the whole... It's a good view of London. It's a good view of London. And basically, I, got, I had to be somewhere out of the cold for an hour between gigs. So here I am. Thank you, Jay Rayner, for coming on. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> Let's continue. Man. I did want a peppermint tea, but that didn't work out. <laughs>
Yeah, um, Olga did make you a tea saying, I, the, all, all I want is not to fuck up a tea for when the food critic comes to record an episode And I fucked, it, I fucked it up. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't mm. say, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we expect a blistering review of Olga's tea <laughs> rape making abilities? That's I, I, um, I don't want to break your heart, but no. <laughs> no, it's, it's, just not, it's just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, you didn't screw it up enough, really. It's true. I, I mean, if we'd tried to spherify it, <laughs> oh, if you'd spherified it, then yeah, then then I would have had issues, <laughs> many issues. Um, so quick, quick table setting before we get in. Uh, I am Riley. You can follow me on Twitter at Rala. You may know me from every episode of this show previously. Uh, My name is Olga. You can find me on Twitter at Rock and Rolga, and I do comedy and don't make tea. <laughs> Uh, my name's Hussein Kizvani. You can follow me at H Kizvani. Um, I don't really have anything interesting to say. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 um, and in the ball. Uh, yeah, my name is Milo Edwards, joining you in the bowl from uh, still dark because it's 6.45 a.m. in the morning, California. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Milo underscore Edwards. And I'm Jay Rayner, and I'm just here to get out the cold. I'm, I'm a journalist and a broadcaster, and you can follow me on Twitter at jrayner one as quite a lot of people do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've got a following. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's we mentioned you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing that took me from 203,500 to 203... Yeah. <laughs> to 203. <laughs> I immediately lost 197,000 followers. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. You know, some, some of us it's lose it. followers, some of us lose wives, some it's, of us lose yeah. large adult sons. It's the trash future reverse Midas touch. Have you lost a wife? <laughs> hmm? I've lost all my wives. <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, uh, as is, of course, uh, tradition and justice, um, we have decided that in the, in the court of public opinion, and indeed the International Criminal Court, uh, that Jay is allowed to roast us before we go in like a fine pork belly. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that. uh, that's a kind offer, but I, I, I'm still trying to work out what exactly it is any of you do with your time. <laughs> That's, a, that's the intriguing thing. I've done searches. I've, uh -huh. you, know. you and us both. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But it, it's nice that you've got a hobby. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. It's, it's really nice that you've got a hobby. And actually, I'm, I'm pleased that you took an interest. Oh, what you. did you find during the searches? That's what I'm worried about. It was dark. <laughs> dark, dark. I mean, by, by dark, I just mean blank. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there was nothing, nothing to All find. those videos of Hussein in a cave threatening the West. Yeah, do you know, do Are you, you like face blind, but for people who have less than 100k followers? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's like, well, that's just a chat with each other, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. It's hanging out with your friends. It's nice. It's nice. It's good. It's good. It's good. Ah, lo love too. You can hear how many O's are on that too. Hang out casually during a work day. <laughs> Real yeah. jobs. With, just with a, microphones. Just, I mean, I know what I'm doing for a living today. I just have no <laughs> idea what you guys are doing. No, we're... we're you, you, I've, I've already checked in with all three of you before we started recording <laughs> what exactly it is you do, but I see absolutely no sign of it. I mean, you know... <laughs> At all. We're millennials. We do, you know, uh, uh, hookup culture and entitlement. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. That's good. Because yeah. God knows, uh, my lot, my generation has completely crashed the economy for you and um, you've got no other way of making a living. Yeah, bread, roses, and socialist podcasting, baby. <laughs> yeah. um, well, why are you sharing the, the, the revenue stream from this? You said so. We'll, we'll monetize at okay. some point. 
Well, I'll be back for my. <laughs> that's his catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> that's his lower we, back, when, Dad. When we get five crypto kitties, that's when we've made. What the yeah, hell is like a crypto kitty? Baby. I should oh, know. It's a beanie baby on the blockchain, and it's making the Ethereum network so slow as to be unusable. <laughs> Um, so it's good, basically. Yeah, some marketing company... Is that what's made my Ethereum holding crash in the past week? Because it really has. Yeah, it's because people keep giving us fake Beanie Babies that are worth up to $100,000 each. But really, it's just a picture of a cat okay. that you can breed on the Ethereum blockchain. And the future is fine, actually. <laughs> Okay. This Good. is now a money advice so, podcast um, from Jay Rayner. Business, business inspiration. I show. take business advice from what? Jay Rayner. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> one uh, one business I kind of want to get a little bit of advice about. Yeah. Uh, and that it's. I mean, this is sort of. I uh, this is this. I, I read this a while ago. It's sort of how I came to know you as a journalist. Um, was your very interesting visit uh, to a particular restaurant in Paris? I want to hear a little about that. You're saying you hadn't actually come across me as a journalist until March of 2017. I've been slaving away <laughs> at the salt mines of journalism <laughs> since probably before you were born. And March 27, oh, April the 9th, April the 9th, 2017. <laughs> that's the first thing of mine that you'd ever read. We only read manga. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this was the first thing that was just all words that you read. Yeah, I, well, I was like, I'm reading it backwards. Right. So here's the story. Um, uh, I write a restaurant column for the Observer newspaper, a fine liberal paper in many ways. <laughs> and um, because I write it for the Observer, and it's a fine liberal paper, everybody below the line winches about price. If, you know, if it's £30, oh, I, 30 pounds ahead, or oh, I could stay in and cook that for myself. Well, why don't you fucking do so then? <laughs> um, and, and you never get that stuff about price with sport. Nobody says... Uh, how dare you, bourgeois entitled bastard, going off to see Arsenal play and spending 60 quid on a ticket and a pie and a pint. That's outrageous. They never say about sport because there's some, it's not bourgeois in the way they're going out for dinner. Is. Anyway, a friend, I had to go to Paris to record the 100th episode of the Radio 4 series I do on Saturdays and repeat it on Tuesdays. <laughs> Available to download as well. Um, and a friend of mine said, well, look, why don't you review a restaurant while you're here? I went to Le Cinq, which is the Michelin three-star restaurant at the Georges Cinq Hotel. He said, I went there a couple of years ago. It was extraordinary. Um, it's very can you expensive. Just, can you yeah. just clarify for our, our listeners yeah. what the Michelin star system is? Um, it's a part of wank for rich, entitled people. But basically, everybody, you know, everybody likes prizes. So, you know, one of the, I have a sideline being paid to present awards. So I'm doing the... Dairy Industry Awards next year, next next week actually, and we're actually presenting the fake news awards for Donald Trump. Well, you see, there's, there's, there's mileage in awards, but that, everybody loves awards, and the Michelin star system was basically created by the tire company to give people a reason to drive their cars. So one uh, Michelin star meant worth stopping the car. Uh, two meant worth making a slight detour off the route, and three meant making a special journey. And that, and and now it's come to be associated with the lux economy and gastronomy madness and all of that sort of stuff. And um, I don't tend to go star hunting these days. I did once. We should go back to that. But this Michelin three star was suggested to me as a brilliant thing. I knew it would cost a lot of money. Um, Six hundred euros for two. Uh, my companion, who lives out in France, said that she would pick up her bill. And I cleared it with the paper. They would take half mine. So I paid 150 euros. And what I was expecting was to write this review, which would be, oh, look what silly rich people can get. It's sublime. It's gorgeous. You'll never be there. And if you think 30 quid for you know, a head is expensive, you don't know when you were born. What I didn't expect was that it would be mind-numbingly, gut-wrenchingly 
awful in every way from the moment <laughs> from the moment we were given uh, my my female companion to book the table and she was given a mini without the prices and it all sort of went downhill from there and this kind of horrible preening service and these terrible food which was built around spherifications if it moved they spherified it which is turned it into a gel ball um and there was this one particular i mean everything was ugh, it was, I, it was unpleasant and, and poorly executed and surly in service and all this and well, you know maybe that's what i expect i, I deserved but anyway um and i knew that it was not going to be pretty um i wrote a very negative review describing it in terms of in terms of Cost and expectation, the worst experience I've ever had. Um, and that review went viral. So normally my reviews get read, page views, uh, you know, we have lots of metrics on the Guardian site, as you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure you know. Too yeah. well. Yeah. We have the OFAN mm. system. I have nightmares about OFAN sometimes. Yeah. It's a, it's a really heavy duty metric system and it governs our lives. Normally, a, a good review of mine will get 150,000 page views. An average one will be about 75, 80,000. Uh, the review of Lasant got 2.1 million, um, spread across the globe. It made headlines. I mean, they, in France, every single paper—Figaro, Le, uh, Le Soir, Le Monde—they all wrote headline, you know, front-page pieces about this review, basically portraying me as a commie Brexit Brexiteer, rich bashing <laughs> scumbag. Which is, you know, um, I'm hardly Trotsky. You know, <laughs> I told you about my Coinbase in investments. <laughs> um, it was just hateful. Why do you think it went so viral? I would be lying if I said that I didn't expect it. I knew exactly what I'd written. Um, I mean, the main reason it went viral, Riley, is because it was a work of shimmering genius. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to... No, I, I knew what I'd done, and I called up the editor, the then editor, uh, my mate Rory, and said, we need to get our social media tools lined up. <laughs> we need a big spot on the front of the network. We need to know that we're going to put it on Facebook. We need to tweet, to da 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 um, I, I knew it was going to go big, but the, the previous big one had been a restaurant called Beast, and that had gone to 600,000 page views. I didn't expect it to go triple, which is essentially what it did. Um, I think there was an element of uh, we all love it when the French get a kicking. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, later, I later commented that I was hated uh, in the entirety of France, but the rest of the world rather approved. So better that way round. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, true. What can I tell you? Everybody loves a stinking review, which is, uh, I mean, without that, you wouldn't have a podcast. Of course. After our after our review of Jay Rayner, this podcast is liked only in France. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So, what I kind of want to there's something I kind of really want to sort of pull something out, but like, what was it about the food at Le Sanc that was so objectionable? Um, you start with a price expectation point. So we're talking. Well, this, weirdly, the starters and main courses were all roughly the same spread, which was seventy five euros to one hundred and forty euros a plate. And once you start putting that big price tag, now don't get me wrong, I am happy to spunk up stupid money on food. I've done it. I, I'm happy to spunk up on oh, yeah. food. <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I have spent yeah. ridiculous sums of my own money on food and not regretted it. Um, but it does bring expectation. And I, mean, I, I think one of the things that really made that review was um, after, we, after I review a restaurant, we, I, I book under a pseudonym. They don't know I'm coming. We don't take comps. So I, I mean, obviously they might recognize me when I turn up, though I doubt they did at this place. But then after we've gone, I send a list of the dishes I had to our picture editor, and she will then dispatch a photographer. 
or she'll contact them and say, we need to send a photographer in to take pictures of the dishes. Le Sanc refused. Um, we, it's happened once or twice. Usually it happens with scuzzy Chinese restaurants because uh, I have this thing about, you know, really filthy Sichuan places. And then you try engaging with one of those and sending a, a, a national photographer. They're not interested. But with this one, they, they said, no, we will not let you photograph our and food. And this is just for you or, for, or is that their policy for everyone? Well, I don't know. Okay. I haven't really checked with anybody else. This is what happened to us. Um, they said, no, you cannot photograph our food. Our food is too expensive for us to make it just for you to photograph it. Mindset How genius, too. <laughs> However, it's like if we, man, yeah. we will send you press photographs. Now, great idea. The thing was, they sent us um, a particular dish, an onion dish, um, which I'd also taken a photograph when it landed. In the review, I described it as a dark like nightmares and sticky like the floor of a teenager's party. <laughs> um, and if you, I mean, if you go onto my website, jrainer.co.uk, and under the news section, you will find all those pictures comparing and contrasting from the golden glowing amber hue of their version of this onion dish and then the dark slough of despond, which was the one that actually arrived. <laughs> and we, we put them side by side online. And I so going to Lasank is basically like using Tinder. <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to tell me about that. What's it like using Tinder? Well, it, it, it looks good, but then when you arrive, it's a lot stickier than you imagine. <laughs> but if it's got sticky, that would suggest to me that it's all gone off all right. No, we, we, we knew we, when we got Milo at 6 a.m., we knew we'd be getting him at his sharpest, mm. his quickest. Absolutely. It's how all like Fortune 500 CEOs wake up. No, I'm sure. Of course. I've had my kale smoothie. I've done a 56 mile run and some uh, some sort of meditation and I'm ready to go. I'll, I'll tell you this. I do know there is one person I know um, who works for some like weird, like vampiric billionaire who's like an American biotech guy who lives in like Barclay Square. Um, and she was telling me in glowing terms about how this guy sort of wakes up and goes about his day. And she's like, yeah, I admire him so much. He gets up. He doesn't even have breakfast. He just takes like 13 vitamins. And then he repeats a line from a song to himself over and over again for an hour. My while reading year old every son single gets up, paper. doesn't have breakfast and repeats a line of a song to himself 18 times. Is it Limp Biscuits rolling? <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what that's that's what I do. Just like, pretty yeah. much in my head. It's really hard to work out how many times he's repeated it to himself because the line is so repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, excellent. Have you got a running order there, Riley? <laughs> yeah, this is this is the like mid two thousands like punk rock bit, and then we move on to some so other stuff. There, there is some background here, which is that when I was you know asked on the show for the past three days, Riley's been sending me running orders. <laughs> And I've been replying with whatever, just whatever. This, you know, I'm such just, a fucking nerd. Yeah, stop it. I don't want to know what's in there. I just want to oh. sit here and. So I've got, um, I've got a product here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you the name of it, as Trash Future listeners will know. And just from the name, I'd like you to kind of guess what it is that this is. Uh, ahem. The implant Orama. The Implantorama? Yes. Ooh. Well, that would be... Mm. Is it something that supplements fruit? <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> do you know what this is? Or, no, no, all right. No, none, uh, I'm the only one who knows. You're the only one who knows. Okay, I think it's like you get it's a like bunch a of different dragons. breast implants and you can have a different size breast like 
each day to day. Modular 3D like printed D's, breast implants. C's. Tonight, today's a double D yeah. kind of day. So it's an implant. Oh, the fun I could have. <laughs> um, is it an app that enables you to look at artificially engorged butts? <laughs> <laughs> That's just Instagram. All oh, right, yeah, sorry, that exists. The implantorama. Yeah. I think it, it's a device for putting something into foodstuffs. That's what I think. Mm, I get you. All, you have it a little bit backwards. You have it, it a little bit Abu Bakr Al backwards. Wait, is it something a way to like extract flavor from anything? Again, you guys are so using the wrong direction here. Okay, so you take flavor you, and you create a food, thing out of it. You 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 take other flavors and inject them. Actually, into can I just point something out? Yes. Whatever this thing does. Its name is shit because we can't <laughs> work out what it's for. Normally, you know, if somebody if somebody says it's a computer, I wonder what it is. Computes, <laughs> you know, it computes. It's an oven. It bakes. Implantorama. The okay. implantorama is dead in the water. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you can do multiple things with it. Um, no, really, just one thing. But it's not really a rama, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very good point. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, Tell us, Riley. I'm, like, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I, I've got one more guess. Is it? Oh, yes. Is it like Ted Cruz saying <laughs> Porn Rooney? <laughs> uh, this is actually just an implant, but <laughs> has been has been said by Ted Cruz. It's, it's 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 Ted Cruz getting eye surgery, so he's got like augmented reality, so he's always got some porn. <laughs> Ted Cruz, regular senator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now there's there's step two, which is I'm gonna bl I'm gonna censor a descriptive sentence of this. So we get a little more clues. This is like the worst game of Dungeons and Dragons we, I've ever played. We came up with the design for the Implantorama as a clean way to do coffee blank, ozone water blank, or nutrient blank. Flavoring. No. I'm not, I'm losing the will to live here <laughs> because I purification. Whatever they. Whatever they're doing, I want no Trash part of to, it. Trash you to the podcast where Jay Rayner died. <laughs> I mean, all of those things, they, they want to do things to coffee, which I'm sure are unnecessary. Again, well, yeah, I suppose if you're going to conceive of coffee as somehow sentient, yes, what they're planning on doing to it is entirely unnecessary. What's the second thing? Um, coffee blank. Ozone water blank or Oz nutrient blank. Ozone water compared yeah, actually, to. Can you show what the hell is ozone water? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, no that, idea. is that how we refer to water now that isn't raw water? <laughs> Do they Ugh, you can't, ozone water. Ozone um, has. What's the chemical symbol for ozone? It's, it's, isn't it O? Just O. No, I mean. I, oh God, I was too I'm, cool in high school. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> Milo, you were you were a nerd. Milo, I went to a use your computer. So. Google things. <laughs> um, computer when power. I was when I was studying the ozone water, you were going on dates with girls, and now you have the audacity to ask me for help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, d I don't know what it is. What's well, chemicals? Tweet to the Trash Future Pod account. Tell us what ozone is. Science. Tweet uh, at jrainer one. Yeah. Tell him what ozone is. <laughs> Uh, I know what ozone is. I don't know what ozone water is. You're about to get a, lo uh, a lot of socialists telling you what ozone think? is. <laughs> okay. Is it like some sort... I mean, we know we all know what sort of the ozone is, but all I can think of is like the I, pills from InfoWars. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of InfoWars, but like a liberal InfoWars. Okay, it says a this. clean way. So there's a dirty way to do this to ozone water and coffee oh, yeah. and nutrients. Throw it away. <laughs> Honestly, Riley. Okay. Recycle. Is there more of this reveal? Because I am gonna. This is. The, I'm going. I'm gonna read you the uncensored version of that sentence okay. right now. Okay. 
We came up with the design for the Implantorama as a clean way to do coffee enemas, ozone water enemas. No! 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 There is no... ask him to read it? There is no clean way to do an enema. An enema is a tube up your rectum. And the idea of a clean way to do... I mean, the enema is the thing that's meant to get you clean, if that's really what you want. This... It's just not even wrong. It's just ill thought out. <laughs> and I'd love, I'd love to know whether they're going around trying to get venture capital. Oh, oh yes, they are. Wait, are, they? <laughs> are they? Are they going around? Would you like to? And here is, guys. You, I don't here's know. Derek. He's not very good with the software, but he's brilliant at demonstrating our product. Wait, who's pumping coffee up their asses? Do you know who's pumping coffee up their asses? <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Is she? <laughs> All respect yes. to my queen. Yes, the implantorama. Not content with pumping up her own ass, she's turned her attention to other so people's asses. So she's steaming asses. a fanny on one end and giving herself a, a coffee yeah. enema on the other. Gwyneth Paltrow is very He didn't pro. consciously uh, unconnect. <laughs> he was just spat out, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, it was uncoupled. Con <laughs> conscious uncoupling. Fuck off, fuck off, uh, fuck off, fuck off. I keep burning my dick. <laughs> Do you ever think that, like, the Silicon Valley health trends are getting closer and closer to just inventing the human centipede? <laughs> <laughs> and is, is, is what you're reading, is that a product pitch? Are they, they're trying to... I am literally reading from implantorama.com, which is just... It, it, which is basically gone into paroxysms of happiness. That I'm so been, excited. That We're excited for the memes that don't don't talk to me until I've had my coffee animal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on, there is another question we have to ask Riley. Oh, Riley. How did you find this product? <laughs> what were you Googling at the time? <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I keep yeah. up with Gwyneth Paltrow's goop. <laughs> oh, I see. Because it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Riley just wanted to be real clean. <laughs> Guys, uh, full, full disclosure, I did get my vagina steamed when I was visiting South Korea. It took 45 minutes, which is like 44 minutes longer than you wanted. Was it while you wait or could you come back? <laughs> <laughs> one, one hour vagina steam. <laughs> I kind of like that. I, I got my crack pipe from Goop the other day. Um, yeah. the Goop gift guide. Goop does. In is it a thing offered pipe. in South Korea? Is it? Oh, it's no, no. It's it's originally like an uh, like an ancient Korean thing that they used to do, and then Gwyneth Paltrow just put her name on it. That's oh. outrageous. I'm sorry. It's cultural appropriation, is what it is. Well, of, of course it's ancient because people stopped doing it when they realized it was fucking stupid. Hey, don't make fun of my culture. I will very happily. That's your use job, isn't it? <laughs> I'll very, I'll very happily use the enema. Of course, the enema. It's, it'll be very, it'll be very, it'll be very efficient, and it will mean that I can uh, do more businessman things, like go for fifty-six mile runs and um, only bathe in okay. the water. <laughs> What, I'm just, I'm just excited to go into Starbucks when they'll be asking you, like, okay, do you want that tall, grande, venti, or anal tube? <laughs> <laughs> Which end do you want it? Wait, but what makes it clean? Uh, I am just going to that now. It looks like an absinthe bottle. Uh, okay. Normal enema bags from the drugstore cost 10 to $20, and just removing them from the plastic packaging releases toxic fumes. <laughs> That what? is a problem. Jay, I am I so sorry. <laughs> I mean, you were sent a running order. <laughs> I don't. I, I look. I glanced. <laughs> there was no reference to enemas. Um, 
The pump attached to the implant to Rama. <laughs> can't get over the name. Allows the liquid to be pushed in with a small amount of force, delivering the liquid to higher areas in the colon. <laughs> Please stop. This is, we're, we're close to uh, entries for the Darwin Prize here, aren't we? <laughs> you just hope lots of people use it, puncture their colons, die of sepsis, and that will remove them from the, you know, from the gene pool. And that would be a marvellous thing. Oh, I mean, <laughs> enema deaths. <laughs> Clean enema deaths. Per personally, I I'm very excited for a series of sharp pops to be heard all over California as, like, you know, health-conscious rich people just explode from Did coffee. you see the story yesterday? I was wondering what that noise was, actually. Well, did you see the story yesterday on Twitter Moments, which is when I'm really bored, uh, about the man who blew a hole in his throat yes. by trying to stifle a sneeze? Wait, I mean, that's the kind of thing you're told as an apocryphal story at school about the javelin-throwing kid who got the javelin through the heart and all that, and, and it always happened two years before you arrived at the school. So now, on Twitter Moments, there's a story of a man who blows a hole in his his own throat by stifling a sneeze and has to be fed through a feeding tube oh my God. <laughs> and i'm telling you that to take your mind off the coffee and <laughs> well hey if he well uses, his life is saved now if he, he uses the implant aroma he doesn't have to use the tube anymore it will just come through the other way oh, of course well, I mean, oh like vodka soak ta uh, tampons anyone in co college what you just put vodka soak tampons up your butt no enters the bloodstream faster uh, does it yeah and doesn't uh, your breath doesn't smell oh uh, this is where uh, Olga betrays her Russian lineage. <laughs> yeah, um, although I'm at so uh, which point in college were you not allowed to drink vodka and had to resort to the... <laughs> well, but the drinking age in America is 21, and I was like 18 oh, and 19. So you just... I'm, I've never actually done it. <laughs> You've just heard it. Or have I? All when the kids breathalyzing technology came in, Russian lorry drivers used to give themselves vodka douches so they could be drunk, but it wouldn't show up on a breathalyzer. <laughs> Okay. Can I buy one on Goop? Well, I'm almost <laughs> Probably. certainly... Probably, it's the next new thing. Almost certainly you can. Uh, because I think Goop is essentially something for like puritanical rich people who just really, really are desperate to be special. Can I rant about wellness? Yes, please. Oh, yes. I wish yeah, you would. Oh, yeah. like, just... It's such utter bollocks. It is, the, uh, it is the medicalization of just being a normal human being. And it is propounded by a bunch of entitled, privileged girls with glossy hair and men with six-packs who are trying to make their own... Riley and I are right here. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to make their peer group worry about... You know, the, the Hemsleys, I could never tire of shouting at them um, for what they've done. Hem to, who, um, Melissa and what's her name? Uh, the Hemsley sisters. Oh, Leona. Leona. No, not Leona. She was the one who stole tax. Right? Oh. Uh, what are they called? Melissa and oh, there's another one. Um, they bang on about clean eating and Eastern mysticism and... oh, it's Crystals? There's a bit of crystal. It's, <laughs> but it, it, it is basically putting a moral aspect onto eating and it, or the kind of person that you are. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just really trying to see what I put in my body this yeah. year. <laughs> I'm just trying to eat clean and pure. <laughs> yeah, oh, shut yeah. up. Really? Clean eating is is something I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Can I also say that I do have I do have the same similar feelings, possibly not quite so cute, but similar feelings about dirty eating as well. Mm -hmm. So when someone goes, oh, it's really dirty food, you go, stop it. 
It's just a bloody hamburger. It's not dirty. It's not clean. It's just food. This is why I only eat Tide Pods. <laughs> not taking any chances. That's like the purest form of clean eating, right? Tide Pods. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 Sorry, what's full a detergent. it's like a new meme that people are obsessed with Tide Pods. Yeah, it's like teens are eating Tide Pods and like everyone's freaking out about it. It's oh, like it's the, like, uh, the detergent, detergent little packets. We call them for the washing machine. It's personal tablets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why would you eat these? Because you're a teenager who's (laughs) bored in the middle of America, I guess. (laughs) It's better than opioids. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure it is. Because that level of detergent <laughs> would probably do you some real damage. Whereas one, you know, one use of opo- opioids is, well, it, well, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Trash feature in a pro-opioids <laughs> podcast. Uh, hell yeah. This is we're getting to Jay Rayner. I say we take, yes. a, take a bunch of opioids and do a Jay Rayner episode. Of oh, <laughs> hell yeah. So, because uh, you, 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 you're all from somewhere else or too young, well, you won't know. My mother was very, very well known in this country. She was an agony aunt, wrote a problem page, a sex advice columnist. Mm-hmm. And she took her job very seriously. She's gone now, but she she had a whole selection of um, box files in her office. So you'd have A for anxiety and, you know, P for premature ejaculation. She had N. N was for narcotics. Mm-hmm. And this was a brilliant box file because she would be getting all the academic health journals. And before I, 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 I've kicked every, I kicked everything years ago, but before when I was, you know, each new narcotic came into the area, I would sit down, I'd read the literature. The peer-reviewed literature on, <laughs> on the uh, the effect, and I remember I was told that there was uh, there was some opium floating around in northwest London where I lived, and I took it down. I, I read it through, and it said that the main side effect beyond obviously addiction and death, uh, the main side effect it was temporary male impotency, and I thought. I'm a fat 16-year-old boy. I'm not getting any anyway, so it's not really an issue. <laughs> so, I, so I smoked the opium, and it was quite dull. Anyway, there you go. I shared that with you. That, that's, the, that's the nerdiest drug-taking story I've ever heard. I nevertheless enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> was male impotence a... Um, no, just basically you? meant you weren't going to get... You know, if you, if you smoked opium, you were probably going to find it quite hard to maintain an erection should the opportunity come. <laughs> I can't believe but I just asked Jay Rayner if he could keep a boner when he was <laughs> 16. <laughs> so that's what... Well, I mean, at 16, I was thinking, look, the, I, the chance of me uh, being able to offer one to anybody <laughs> is so vanishingly small, this should not stop me trying the opium. So as Might someone I offer who you? is voluntarily celibate for reasons of strength, um, is it still floating around? <laughs> and if so, like, where can I... I have no get, one. Get no, some. honestly, I did far too many magic mushrooms in my first term at university in 1984 and, <laughs> ha- and haven't touched <laughs> any narcotics <laughs> since then. So I wouldn't know where to get anything. Oh, uh, th- that was the end. That was the absolute end. Uh, I, my, my drug taking career went from late when I was 13 to when I was 18. That's a shame. So no, I can't. I can't score you any opium if that's we, what we you're talk asking. Up, we talk <laughs> what if it's in a jelly bowl? But hang on, can I point out where the fuck are we? Look, we're looking out over you know Shoreditch. You could you could probably go downstairs, stand on the street, and stop the third third person going past and go. Got any drugs? They'll they'll help you out. Yeah, but what, if, like, wait, well, what if it's an coats. opioid in a Jello ball? <laughs> it's not Jello. Or what a Jelly ball? Spherified Spher- opioids. Spherified opioids. I actually only give myself opium enemas. <laughs> <laughs> God, they would be, ooh, um, an opium enema that would hit you between the eyes. Well, what there? Are, well, no, no, <laughs> we quite here? somewhere else actually. It's important. Well, there, there is. Well, I, I think it, it is worth giving the sort of 
clean eating madness. It's sort of moment in the trash future sun. Um, because it is, it is completely stupid. It is utterly class based. It's about control. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, if you're if you're a young person and you are you are feeling powerless about uh, economically, or you can't move out of your parents' house, or you hate your friends, or whatever. What what one thing can you do to take control of yourself? Which is you can become a you know take control of your body in some way however foolishly or stupidly it's done. And that's what it does. And that's what really irritates me about it, is that it preys on insecurities of you know people who are thinking, this is how I can be a good person. Well, this is also taps in like when when body shaming, like it masquerades around as like concern for your health. When you're like, you're fat. And it's like, oh no, but I'm just concerned. I'm concerned for your, for your health. But no, you're not really. You're just making a person feel shit about themselves. Mm. So it's a way to make people feel guilty. guilty. Yeah. yeah. But it's similar in, in that it's making it's making people feel bad about themselves. I, I wanted to get your thoughts. Like, do you do you think like the new kind of vegan rush that's sort of happening? Um, I think that, 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 that no, that's feeds. a different thing. I mean, okay. there are two things going on. One is yes, there's a whole kind of healthy eating thing going on, but the other one is a genuine question mark being raised over eating animals. Not a problem for me. I'm still very comfortably eating lots of animals. <laughs> Um, but, you know, there is a sense that we eat too much meat and we've got to cut down. And, I mean, it's not a bad thing. What I find is that, like, because I, 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 get, I get that and um, I know, like, Jonathan Safran Foer's book kind of talks a bit about that. Oh, that's a really annoying book. It is, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It. I, I felt that it was sort of, like, at least kind of trying to kind of get there. But what I find with a lot of the kind of young people kind of going vegan... At the moment, it's like it is kind of it feeds into the whole like lifestyle thing, right? It, yeah, no, like... it does. But uh, you know, we've all we've all made lifestyle decisions along the line. There are just some which are more irritating than others. My only real issue with veganism is where um, the food that's being offered or talked about is um, described as good in spite of not having meat in it, rather than because of it. By which I mean when they start going for the meat substitutes. Uh, uh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, a, a, a Linda McCartney sausage is not a sausage. It's desperation. Formed <laughs> out of soya and oats. If you want to make a masaka, a sheep is going to have to die. You should go, you know, there are whole culinary traditions, South Indian culinary traditions, Japan, where it happens not to involve animal products. Not because somebody said, let's not kill the animals, but because that's just the way they ate. And those dishes are perfect in and of themselves. There is nothing with a pulse that will improve, you know, um, a, a perfect white risotto. Mm -hmm. Well, so I, there. There, there, there is a kind of, there are a couple of sort of, um, uh, I say, I guess you could say sort of orthorexic sort of, clean eating products that I, I have found. Uh, one of them has gotten some play in the podcast space before, but I think we'd be remiss not to talk about it, uh, which is raw water. Nobody wants to I drink, baby. Oh, <laughs> You know, what, what drives me nuts about this is this, the enlightenment of the 18th century created a modern world which understood that uh, humanity had power to improve their lot and make things better, make the world a better place. And then you've got some fuckwit who body odor in California who's, you know, and I'm not talking about <laughs> Maya, um, who has got it into their head that there is something unnatural about purifying water. You dick. You utter, utter dick. If you go, we, we are not far up here from um, the place in Soho where they worked out that cholera was spread from yeah. unfiltered, unpurified water by locking down the pumps 
um, on the corner of Broadwick Street. Um, I've forgotten his name. The man uh, John Snow. That. John Snow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people have died in their millions because of unpurified water. And then some bourgeois knob thinks that's a waste of time. Well, it's like the raw milk thing. I have. Like, yeah. I have an article on that up for next. I mean, that one, that one's... Well, the thing is, once you've already got a tube hanging out of your ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the raw milk thing drives me nuts as well. So the, the idea is that uh, Louis Pasteur was a health and safety nut. No, he wasn't. Again, he saved millions, if not billions of lives. SJW. Because people used to die of, you know, uh, bacillus infections <laughs> carried on milk. Um, and the pasteurization of milk is not something designed to ruin your life and ruin the nu nutrients. And frankly, unless you're massively impoverished, you haven't got rickets anyway. So stop banging on about being undernourished because of the milk you're drinking. Well, Sorry, it, I've gone wasn't really it? Boring. I think it was in some southern US state, I think it might have been Texas, where they some like right-wing senators campaigned to legalise like unpasteurised milk. And they successfully did it in the state. And they did this press conference where they all like drank a glass of unfiltered milk and then were all like immediately sick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I love that to so be true. Good. <laughs> Wait, who was that Balkan guy who took poison? Oh, um, <laughs> oh yeah, the, no, the, uh, the Serbian war criminal. War criminal. Yeah, that's what that looks like. <laughs> He was actually into homeopathy, and he just got the dosage. <laughs> if you take it up his ass, however, would have been fine. <laughs> no, I think it would have taken him out a bit quicker. Actually, what was his name? Anyway, yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. What was his name? Um, there's a lot Slobodan of people. In the, there's a lot of people in the food world that I move in who think raw milk is a marvelous, marvelous thing. Why do you think they think that? Uh, it's a an anti-modernist, anti-corporatist position which says our food system has been polluted by massive corporations, and we have got away from nature, which is a misunderstanding of what agriculture has been for the past five thousand years. <laughs> you know. Um, we are not human in spite of agriculture. We're human because of agriculture. And almost every single foodstuff that we eat is in some way processed. So people go, oh, I hate, oh, I, I, I hate processed food. What, so you hate cheese? Because that's processed milk. You hate bread? Because that's processed wheat. Process, the way that we have taken on the ingredients that we found out in the world and pummeled them until we found them palatable is what we have been doing for the whole of human history. And now we get to the, you know, the first years of the 21st century and a bunch of knuckle-dragging, scientifically illiterate, pavement-licking assholes are suddenly claiming, oh, we must go back to nature. Well, go back and try living on a blasted heath and see how long you live. I, I actually only lick unprocessed pavement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what I love is That's that he waited for, for my little break. He'd been thinking about it for a long time. I reckon I can get this gag in. <laughs> Hit. Well done, Milo. Welcome to my life Good as a comedian, Good boy, Jay. Jay Rader certification. But it's, but it's such an easy narrative to sell, right? Like going back to nature. It's, yeah. it's such a sexy thing to believe but in. Only rich people are really able to do it safely because ultimately, I mean, if some, if you're some, you know, just to clarify what raw water is, it is water yes. that hasn't been purified or chemically treated or whatever in any way. It's, you know, it's really, it's nicely flavored by all of the shit that's passed through it. And none of that flavor is filtered out. Um, you know, it's, you, you really, you want water, you can cut with a knife. And it's mm, these. This water tastes of people, coffee and opium. The thing is, if they get a waterborne disease, then they'll just they they can the two things will happen. Number one, they'll be going to be able to get like private medical insurance because the only people drinking it because it's forty dollars a gallon are uh, Silicon Valley billionaires. 
and, or like just je- rich dipshits. And two, um, is that they'll just believe that the cholera is flushing all of the toxins out of their body. I, sometimes I'm a, I'm a headbanging atheist, but sometimes I think it's a shame we killed God. <laughs> because religion gave us a bunch of generally benign things if you did it in a kind of moderate way to believe in but now that we've killed god and we can't you know do believing in god anymore you have to believe in raw water i mean there is there is something to you about it there is like that sort of True. faith and weird material like as a result of you know you know you need stuff to believe in so you kind of invest in like lifestyles and within like the food space that's a really it's an easy way to craft those types of lifestyles um, and it's also a really profitable way of doing that. If you look at like cookbooks or, you know, lifestyle books and wellness apps and everything, this whole growth. Um, and at the core of it is really people wanting to believe in something at least bigger than themselves, whether that's like a community or a type of way of living. And it sort of feels as if like, you know, rural water is like one of these really stupid and ridiculous extremes of that. I guess things that are accepted now, and I guess they fall into the wellness thing. I sort of wonder... Are, the, are some of the stuff that we sort of accept, how dangerous will they be in, like, the long term? Um, well, my hope I'm guessing, is... I'm like, thinking about, like, mindfulness Yeah, no, my hope here. is that the real practitioners will all die. <laughs> um, <laughs> quite swiftly. <laughs> and that'll be that. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be dead. And, I, I mean, obviously, it would be wrong to wish people ill, but I do. <laughs> because I, I think only if there's a real outbreak of waterborne illness among, you know, tech billionaires. The in, unvaccinated uh, the, tech yeah, billionaires. Yeah. Um, will this stupidity come to an end? Is there anybody dying around your way, Milo? Because I believe that's where you're living, isn't it? Uh, not, not that I've, not that I've noticed. Uh, the people, the people in California seem to be like sickeningly happy and healthy in a way that's made me realise why people live here. Um, I've, I've lived most of my life in either London or Moscow, and they're just both full of like depressed, decrepit people. And uh, there's not really a joke there. He's going to come back with like a load of goop merch. <laughs> um, Are they holding you hostage? Are you reading off of cards? <laughs> <laughs> Send us proof of life. <laughs> Send us proof of sarcasm and irony. You all got asked earlier, why does Milo have the Z at the end of his name? The Z is for Zuckerberg. He's holding him hostage. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come back with just like the red. <laughs> um, so do, do I have a Z at the end of my name? Uh, on it Slack, because you <clears throat> were asleep. Uh, so I, I want to switch uh-huh. on to uh, another kind of raw liquid, raw milk, a little bit, which we, we teased we earlier. We just talked about it. <laughs> we, t- we totally deserve it. It's true. Uh, well, I, I really only want to read the one reason, uh, because largely because <laughs> because I because I think everybody <laughs> will no because I think it will sort of enrage everybody. Okay. And then I'm there. Then I'm gonna uh, switch to a restaurant thing. Uh, reason number one to drink raw milk. Raw milk, and this is scientific, by the way. Uh, raw milk is a living food, uh, which is I thought we invented cooking to deal with that. <laughs> Um, mm. unlike pasteurized and ultra high temperature pasteurized milk, uh, which is, you know, safe to drink and can be shipped widely and so on. Raw milk is a living food. Several of milk's natural components, including beneficial bacteria, food enzymes, natural vitamins, and immunoglobulins are heat sensitive. Um, yeah. and essentially that we lose all of those good infectious diseases when we boil milk. Now I'm I'm looking forward to when the the fad the fad comes in for people just taking a bite out of a live cow because it's like it's raw <laughs> it's like living food ultra rare be- ultra rare steak 
Yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 that's the good stuff. It, it is just a way to make it feel, I think it's a way to make it feel more exclusive, to make it feel like you've internalized the betterment of yourself. I've got, I've got to tell you a story, actually. A few yes. years ago, I used to do a thing on a program called The One Show You'll Never Have Watched. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the demographic. Mm. I used to do VTs for them. Who is the demographic? That's the internal question with the one. They, they all live in Doncaster. <laughs> and um, ah. I've literally just left the show, officially left the show after nine years. But they, they came to me once and said, oh, we'd love to do a film about raw milk. And I said, no, it's rubbish. It's cobblers. <laughs> it's just anti-scientific. It's just awful brain dead stuff and they said well we can we can do you know we'll get somebody else on to put the other side of the argument and we can we can have bbc balance as if it's not balanced just to have somebody who's wrong um <laughs> that's that, you know that's not balance that's just stupidity and i won't do it i won't give them the benefit of the bbc's airtime to talk for half of that film about why it's good when i know that it's rubbish we didn't make the film yeah, well, that's my way of trying to stop but you yeah, talking about. Yeah, and it's not a fifty-fifty issue, and that would no, make it look a like a fifty-fifty issue. issue. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the there was who was who was it who did the climate change thing where they had two John Oliver, but and and then he had the ninety-nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's that's like the form that so many BBC debates have taken now on TV and radio. Well, they have some position where one side of the argument is clearly mad, and therefore they can't find anyone sensible to put it. So you've got like, okay, here is like academic X who has like facts and figures to support their well-reasoned opinion, and here is man who says everything is bollocks. And then sort of the person says like, oh yeah, well actually, if you read you know these so and so studies, you'll find that actually the economic consequences of a four-day week could be quite beneficial. And the second one goes, no, that's bollocks. <laughs> We're tired of. It just it just see, it, it does seem like it, it's it's this thing, it's one of these things. Right, you're still intent on reading on the on, <laughs> no. the raw milk page. Aren't oh you? no, I'm not. No, I, I'm I'm just I'm intent on saying I think why well, I think it's ridiculous, which is that it's it, it it's one of these things that sort of almost feels intuitively right, but I think really is just people expressing their discomfort. You know, they might have some discomfort with our food system, but. You know, but I, there is this sort of elite reaction to it, which is we have to get more expensive and more natural and more exclusive and let the proles have the processed food. We're going to have the good stuff. We're going to restrict the nature Except to ourselves. Wrong. Which owns. You know. <laughs> Off mic, I am slowly hiding the champagne flutes full of raw milk that I've prepared for mm. <laughs> 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 They have the raw milk enemas. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Like oh, a uh, that would be a terrible substance for an enema. <laughs> I mean, even worse than coffee. N name a substance, and it's a terrible substance for an enema. I'm 82 yeah. Merlot. <laughs> well, it depends what you want to do after the enema. <laughs> <laughs> Our new podcast, Things We Would Enema. <laughs> Does it enema? You know, my, my f the first enema. Enemarum? Enemas? Enemai? Friend of the show. Um, my uh, <laughs> my fir the first album I was ever purchased by parents who really didn't know what they were buying oh, we was all know um, where this is going. Blink 182's Enema of the State. Yeah, yeah. Public Enema. Yeah. Mm. I still no. I, that was the name of their actual album title. It had like such bangers as What's My Age Again, uh, and uh, others. You're, you're regular age or you're shallow. What's My Age Again? <laughs> parentheses. There's a hole in my colon and I can't remember. <laughs> um, and I I have to say. This isn't the way I expected this. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What did you? What did you what expect? Did you, what did you expect? I mean, oh, actually, to... I don't know. If I probably, it probably would have helped if I'd listened to more than ten minutes of Umbar going on about his shed. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you know his real name, but you refuse to yeah. say it. What is his real name? Uba. Uba. Yeah. yeah. Uba. Okay. Well, you know, that's just showing off, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're, na- you're naming him like a Hanson song. I was really, really... Imp- can we talk about this? Can yeah. Of course. I've got to get this off my chest. Right of response. Oh, no, no. Um, uh, here was, here's what happened. I got an email saying um, the the shed, Dulwich, named London's number one restaurant on TripAdvisor. And my hatred for TripAdvisor blinded me to everything for three and a half minutes. <laughs> and I was just mm-hmm. wanting to rage at these people and say, you stupid bastard, you think that counts for anything? Oh, you've opened your restaurant. But there was a little bell going on in my head which was saying, except you only live a mile away from where this is and you've never heard of this place. <laughs> So I then went online, and the penny dropped when I got to the thing about vegan clams. (laughs) (laughs) And I... And I worked out that the whole thing was a piss take and very nicely done, the whole mood generator thing. And then I, so the tweet that I put out on that morning said something like, at last a mood-based restaurant, without doubt, this is the best shed-based eating experience in London after my own, because I have a very nice shed. And then put the link. When the whole thing blew up, and he, you know, finally was a piss taken. Da, 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 four national newspapers said I'd been taken on, taken in by this. <laughs> All I'd been trying to do was not blow the gaff for them, and I think it was pretty clear. And if you go back to that original tweet, you will see people under underneath going. Right. Oh, yeah, I get it. And that they'd seen it, but not the Daily Mail or the Sun or the Telegraph or the Express. Wait, the Daily Mail, the Sun, the Telegraph, and the Express? <laughs> known, known, Shocking. G- known geniuses, the British, uh, British newspaper <sighs> industry. I, I'm pretty sure, like, like Dan Hodges went into his own shed and tried to see if a restaurant had been covertly started <laughs> in there. It would be a reasonable experiment. <laughs> well, anyway, so I'm that, like the tabloid press. This is a balanced podcast where we first had Uber and now we have Jay. No, I thought what, with with what went on Uber. here. Is that really his name? <laughs> I mean, look, if you're going to Can like, I call him Uber? Because that feels Uber. I, I think that it's a good way to clear all, you know, confusion and misdirection um, on a very obscure left-wing podcast that's <laughs> largely based on bodily fluids. <laughs> I love the way you keep describing yourself as a left-wing podcast. Yeah. You're not very left-wing. Wow. Oh, my God. Shit, that, that's, <laughs> on my heart. I mean, that's on you. That's on you. You're not exactly kind of trumping behind the flag, are you? You're big on the brands. You're big on the, the, the consumer items. You haven't seen Riley's house, have you? No, that's true. Is it covered in, with the international blaring from speakers? No, no. It's like the most bougie it's place. It's sponsored by Supreme. Is it? it it's, the most, it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the most bougie place you've ever been to. And like, if you came to his house, he would have given you the most it's ridiculous It's not a criticism. Honestly, I'm, just, I'm just trying to... <laughs> As you know, to be fair, it's not more bougie than Olga's flat. Olga definitely lives in the most bougie place. We're here now. We're, we're, we're in it. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying actually, you wouldn't be shocked at how bougie Riley's flat is because oh, yeah, you're yeah, currently in no, Olga's yeah, flat. Jay, how do you, do you feel have about my scientist Barbie with a strap on? <laughs> <laughs> Can you get the the strap on accessory at Hamleys? Is that part? <laughs> my flatmate made it out of play-doh. Really. <laughs> This is that, surely that's gay, too so soft just, like, to be used as a strap on. <laughs> right, okay. This is the future that the liberals want. <laughs> Unless you're pegging Wallace or Ken's Gromit. just not I mean... doing it for Barbie anymore. And... Yeah, fair enough. Ken, no, Ken famous, famously smooth like a Ken doll. <laughs> I mean, it sort of just looks like every man online. Oh, of course. What, what they're thinking about while they're posting. But Absolutely. She's resting in a Toby jug. And I'm trying to work out who that is meant to be. What's well, Toby Young? 
<laughs> so I bought it. I bought. I've known that. him for a while. Oh yeah. Oh, very long time. But what are her baps like? That's the real question. <laughs> I think objectifying Barbie when she's clearly <laughs> indicated a same-sex orientation is missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Milo. <laughs> if she didn't have the strap yeah. on, it would be fine. But <laughs> oh no, I yeah. um, I've pegged men. Good, many. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but can I point That's, something out? Yeah. Not with something that size. <laughs> well, that I mean, is true. That the is point. True. The point of pegging is it's got to be quite. You know. <laughs> You're not, you're not, just look. Barbie's. Ken would know that was there. That's the thickness of my forearm. If you've been pegging anybody with something the thickness of my forearm, that is assault. <laughs> well, I heard it here first, folks. <laughs> well, Jay, if you've got a better way of getting coffee into someone's rectum, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> This is very. This is very good. This is exactly how I expected it to go. Perfect. All right, guys. It's, it's all on. So on you the guys, script. you guys want to do one more segment, or yeah, uh, we, we got, got time? Got, got like do you have time for one more? Or you wanna, you wanna be <coughs> making, Almost. making I'm tracks. Being honest, that I need to protect my voice. Okay. Because of what I've got to do tonight. Okay. Um, so I, I can do five minutes more, and then I will shut the fuck up. Before we, before we end off, I know we've we've been talking about a lot of food, but we, I want to get back into the restaurant mm -hmm. topic. Which is, I would say, like there are lots of sort of restaurants uh, and, and eating us out, whatever, springing up around London, the world, whatever, that try to sort of generate some exclusivity by jumping through ludicrous and unnecessary hoops. And the one that leaps to mind from an article you wrote was a pizzeria that imports Italian seawater as though Italian seawater is different from normal seawater. On the one hand, if you look at a restaurant and break it down as to what it is, it's um, a service industry that also adds value. So they take ingredients and they add value to them. And the logical extension is they're going to add value by doing stupid things. It's sort of stupid in its own in its own concept. Um, but there are just limits to it, aren't there? Yeah. There are things you go, really? Could you not make salt water at home with water and salt? <laughs> um, but what's more depressing is that there are some people who will then go along and say, that's great. Mm -hmm. As if it's, you know... It does more than add value and makes them a better person because they went to that pizzeria. On the other hand, I suppose I ought to point out that if it wasn't for those people, I probably wouldn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know. so, so what do they use the seawater for in a pizzeria? The dough. Ah, There's no okay. comedy in that. I know nothing There's no comedy in that at just, all. That's just informative. That's just informative. <laughs> the dough. So flour, yeah. water, bit of salt. Um, as it's an unleavened bread, the salt doesn't retard the yeast, so you can you need a bit of salt in there. Makes oh, it slightly chewier. Chewy. Okay. This is now yeah. a baking podcast. This is a bit, no, I mean, I I only like my pizzas made with raw water. Actually, I find <laughs> it's much healthier. Well, possibly putting them through the oven will you know at four hundred degrees is the only way to consume raw water. Yeah, it's that's that's true. That's the only way to make. That's the only way to save the tech industry mm. is we have to bake all baked water, I mean, home I baked. Like, I like the smoking taste that comes with the residue plastic of used condoms and raw water. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, the one that so you've got to get in there fast before Bitcoin accelerates global warming and pasteurizes the seas. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! But I've sold all my Bitcoin. <laughs> um, the one thing to say is that all stupid peripheries will fall by the wayside in the next six months. I've started a new, I, I have a news bite section down the side of my column. 
which you started reading a couple of months ago. <laughs> and um, I've included an element called Closure Watch now. So every week uh, there's new closures. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to the wall. It's all it's blood in the ice buckets out there. It's hell, man. Oh, shit. Yeah. So what do you Best think, like, the restaurant... What do you, how do you think, like, restaurants in London, what's it going to look like in the next kind of five years? Um, I think we'll see... Um, uh, or even ten years. Well, the, the donut effect will continue. In other words... You, you get a concentration in the centre of really spendy places that only oligarchs and kleptocrats can afford. And the ones you actually want to go to are all um, out on the... Uh, I mean, not Dartford, obviously, but... Um, <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. You're actually, you are completely right. But, there. you know, out to Peckham, Hackney in one direction, Peckham in another direction, Chiswick in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. it, uh, it's what's happened in New York already. If you want to go for dinner, you go to Brooklyn. Yeah, um, don't really stay in Manhattan unless somebody else is paying. So what? What do you? What do you? What are you, are, what do you what's your take on my favorite restaurant in the entire world? Uh, Silk, Ro- Silk Road in Camberwell. Um, Silk Road's marvelous. Yeah, um, fucking fantastic. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not sure I necessarily make it my favorite restaurant. In, although I don't have one of those because you know it depends on mood. But anybody who hasn't been there, they're big pot chicken. Yeah. So they give you a big. Have you? Has I've he been. forced you? To go I've, so? No, I haven't no, gone. Shit, with him, but I have gone independently. Been. You guys want to go good. tonight? The thing I have, I, have a, I have a gig. Sorry. The thing I love about it is when they come and they pour the the big rib and noodles in at the end. Ah, yes. And that's you know so that it's a big stewy chicken thing, chicken on the bone. It's actually you have to the the area of China that it comes from is practically into the the far Asian side, so it's kind of. It's like it's like if if like Iranian food and Xianjing, Chinese food, yeah. yeah. If like Iranian food and and Chinese food had a delicious baby. Yeah. So if they I I'm sure they do serve rice, but actually it's a wheat growing area. Oh, Hence yeah. the big rib and noodles and, and the oats. breads. Um and the bread based dumplings and the bao. They're really good. You should all go there. So I, I guess that's the that's the official trash future recommendation is don't go to Le Sanc in Paris. Go to no, Silk Road. Go to Silk Road. That's fine. I can I can live with that. Hell yeah. Uh, Jay, is there anything you want to uh, want to plug? Uh, yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a sideline as a jazz musician that's both warning and information. So if you like jazz, you can go to my website, jrainer.co.uk, and I have my live shows page there. And I also do sort of one-man shows all over the country. So basically, I want you all to go to the live shows page, book something, and make me rich. Hell yeah. So we can buy more cryptocurrency. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we pay for your shows in CryptoKissy? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd say, Jay, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having this me. It's been thank a genuine you, pleasure. Thank you. When does it... Uh, yeah. This will come out on Monday. All right. Um, and our yeah. theme song is uh, Here We Go by Jin Sang. You can find him on Spotify and all of his music is very good. All right. Good night, I'm personally everybody. just very comforted that when this Trash Future podcast collapses in about six months, we will get a small line in the bottom of a Jay Rayner <laughs> column somewhere in the newspaper. Yeah. Closed this week. <laughs> I'll add it in. Dear friends lost to raw water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Later. <laughs> <laughs>